You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. Welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. How's your week going? Two weeks, actually. Did you guys have a good Canada today? I actually uh, went up to a friend's cottage just outside of Kingston. Uh, It was on an island, which is cool, but it rained a lot, which was less cool, but we made the best of it. It was a good time. Needless to say, not a lot of trades were done on the island. Were you guys busy trading this weekend? Uh, sorry about last week's episode, kind of cut a little bit short. And if you listen to any of the other podcasts on the network, sorry that those weren't available, but we took a little Canada Day break. But we will be back to our regular schedule this week. So, uh, have your trades been plentiful? I haven't heard from anyone recently, so. Uh, if you guys want to drop me a line, podcast at buns.com. Send me an email and uh, let me know about your Buns experience. Did any of you go to the Buns flea that just happened? If you did, did you come and say hi? Because the Buns podcast network was there. Girly mags in full force, interviewing people, giving them quizzes from 90s teen magazines. So check that show out, podcast.buns.com. Okay. Time for this week in buns. You guys ready? It's this week in buns. Unfortunately, schedules did not align and Callie can't be here. I miss you terribly, Callie. But I'm going to have to do this one on my own. Let's start off with something a little bit serious. Tam's posts. I know this post doesn't belong here, but... We need to get the word out. Missing person. Andrew Kinsman. Our dear friend Andrew Kinsman has been missing since Monday, June 26th, 2017. He loves his cat more than anything, and the cat was without food or water. He didn't show up for work Tuesday and did not contact his employer, which is very out of character for him. We need to help locate Andrew. He is 6'2", 220 pounds, with a large beard and broad shoulders. Please contact the Toronto Police immediately if you know anything that can help us find him. Please share widely. Uh, A lot of missing persons. I really hope that uh, you guys find him. Okay, well, on to something a little bit more positive. Riley writes, in a city of 6.4 million people, we are often told that you lose community. Cities have a reputation for being cold, unkind, and disconnected. Today, Parker left his iPad at a Starbucks in the downtown core. Within an hour of it missing, I received a message on Instagram from a total stranger saying that she recognized us from the Buns Pet Zone and turned it into the baristas, and that we could go pick it up whenever we were ready. 
Someone I don't even know took a $500 electronic device and made sure it found its way back to us. The city never ceases to amaze me with its kindness and compassion. We have been continually astounded with the support we find reaching out for help. Whether it's needing a truck to move furniture, someone to take our sorry, someone to take Santa pictures with our cat, or returning a kid ugh, or reuniting a kid with his iPad, they always come through with love and deliver the goods. I'm so glad to call Toronto my home. Thank you. This is great. Buns, I love hearing positive buns success stories never ceases to amaze me okay well let's move on from the heartwarming to the funny nisha posts would like to have a mermaid tail on this pic instead of my legs name your trade and it is a picture of her kind of lying on a rock almost in a mermaid pose but she wants a mermaid tail to go with the pose well, there's about 67 comments on this picture as of now and a bunch of hilarious photoshops. One of them making her look like a fish, another an octopus. Someone I think just photoshopped himself in there as a uh, as a merman. Someone has the Titanic sinking, etc., etc. It's an amazing photoshop battle. So check this one out. And speaking of Photoshop battles, Jessica posts, searching for a buns with Photoshop skills. I have two pictures, one where my boyfriend is looking in the camera and one where the baby is looking in the camera. Can you please make them one? And again, hilarity ensues with a bunch of Photoshop trickery. Good job, guys. Okay, on to a bit of a dubious post here. Gina posts freebies for any interested buns fits perfectly fine. By the way, we're talking about condoms and there's a wide variety of them. Lifestyles, hump one or just one, I guess, and Magnum condoms. And she says they work perfectly fine. Just a bit snug for my boyfriend. Well, that comment kind of got buns up in a tizzy. Jason comments Magnums are a bit snug. Only answer, her boyfriend's a horse. Someone else says, uh, how many of y'all creeped her profile pics for pictures of her boyfriend? And it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. People were losing their mind about the snug Magnum condoms. And if it's true, good for you, Gina, I think. Anyway, let's move on to some more ridiculous trades. Ridiculous trade number one, heart of gold pillow. It is literally a pillow with a smiley face shaped like an anatomic heart. Uh, kind of punny, if you will. If uh, my co-host was here, she'd love that one. Okay, up next is a post from Megs, it is what appears to be a smoking clown doll. And she writes, hey you, do you feel like your apartment or home is not haunted enough? Do you fall asleep at night missing the haunting noise of a 
faint circus music playing from the depths of the basement? Do you yearn for the mornings where you wake up thinking, wait a minute, I threw that clown doll out yesterday. Why is it sitting on my kitchen table? Well, if it sounds like you, then, oh, do I have the perfect porcelain clown doll for you? ISO, less haunted porcelain clown dolls, taxidermy, vinyl, art, etc., etc., etc. She frames it as creepy, but uh, you know what? I'd have that clown doll in my home. And for any of you who just heard those weird noises in the background, my dog Kiba really wanted to be on the show. All right, what else we got here? Official putty eight ball jacket posted by Bart. Uh, if you guys are familiar with Seinfeld and no putty and the eight ball jacket, I don't really need to say more. Uh, people are all over this, so it may already be gone. Okay, two more. One, this is a pretty crazy piece of equipment for trade on buns. I don't know what's up with this, but I love it. Jarius, if that's how you say your name, Jarius, I'm butchering it. Um, are you ready, buns? I'm a trading, I am trading a Phantom 3 advanced drone. This is a serious drone, guys. Comes with flight case, extra battery controller, extra props, custom carbon fiber stabilizer, and a handful of other accessories. It has never been crashed and works great. I bought it for photography purposes, and he posts the photo that he took with it, and upgrading to a smaller model. By the way, these photos are phenomenal. Um, and the reason I love this post, it says, I am not looking for gift cards, exclamation mark. I am ISO, the coolest thing you have, make me an offer. And the offers that are thrown down here run the gamut. There is a 23-inch sword, a looks like to be a reclaimed wood coffee table, a uh, espresso machine, a flying V base. No, flying V is not red, but it's a 80s-style electronic base. There's a motorcycle. Looks like uh, Pro Series jumping stilts. Oof. Looks dangerous. Some graffiti. There's all sorts of weird shit on here. So uh, I hope you found your trade. Last post of the week. Matthew posts. Thank you, Buns. I went from having nothing to do today to cutting 40 people's hair in 10 hours with no breaks. Just organizing the last few. Good for you. That's amazing. I'm uh, always happy to see when people kind of get entrepreneurial with the whole buns thing. So I'm glad it all worked out, Matthew. Way to buns. Anyways, guys, until next week, keep on bunsing. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. All right, you guys ready to get nerdy? The interview this week is with Brian, one of the owners of the iconic Toronto comic book shop, The Silver Snail. We talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. Comic book movies, favorite comic books, The Watchmen. We dive deep. So if you guys are into 
the same nerdy stuff that I'm into, give it a listen. And even if you're not, definitely give it a listen because we explain a lot of what we're talking about. It might be a good window into those things. So check it out, guys. My interview with Brian of the Silver Snail. Thanks. I'm here with Brian from the Silver Snail. Uh, let's just get right into it. Okay. So uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Midland, Ontario. Okay. Well, actually, like technically Wybridge, yeah. which is like the smaller town. Like Midland's like very small, but Wybridge is even smaller. So that's, uh, it's like an hour and a half north, like near Barrie. Okay. Like nothing really there. Yeah. Nothing of note. So is that why you got into comics then? Um, what's weird is like Midland didn't have a comic book store. I was like going to ask. Yeah. What we did when I was like really, really young. Yeah. Um, for like, like I have like one kind of memory of going in to buy like the old Marvel collector cards. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like we, we didn't have like anything like that. Like me and my brother, well, my brother, <clears throat> I'm the youngest of, uh, of three brothers. Okay. So like my, my, the middle brother, me and him, we still live together in the city now. Um, but he would go to like the transit shop, which was basically just like a magazine store yeah. and would buy like random issues of like uncanny X-Men in like mid nineties, right. which I don't know like how up on X-Men you are, yeah, yeah. but like, that's just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. It was absolutely. like onslaught. And we also, because we didn't have a comic book shop, we weren't like picking them up every month. I was going to say getting them at a comp at a magazine store. You're like, it's just luck. Yeah. It's just a grab bag. Yeah. And we're not going on like the day they're coming out. We don't know anything about that. So it's just like he would go grab any X-Men he could find. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh, we would have, and there were so many different series things. That was the height of like, I mean, Marvel went bankrupt during that time because they pumped so much yeah, stuff yeah. out. So yeah, so it was like, he would just grab whatever. And then I would like look at those a lot. Weirdly, I didn't read them a lot. I mm -hmm. think that's kind of, it's like the little brother thing was just like, oh, he reads them. I like look at the pictures or it's, it's kind of stupid or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so like we, like we're super into it. Same with the cartoons, like weirdly in Wybridge. And this is like true to today. You can't get, it's going to sound like way crazier small town than it is, but you can't get cable and you can't get high speed internet. Like you still can't get high speed internet there Really? without like you, they, my parents have like some kind of, cause they still live there. They have to run like a hub thing. And it's like their data is all like, they pay like crazy amounts for like data and yeah. they can only get like satellite dish. But when we were a kid, we didn't have that. Yeah. So even like cartoons and stuff, right. like we were obsessed with them, but in that weird way where like I would go to my grandma's and yeah. would watch them there. So would there be like, you'd see like the, like I remember seeing the man bat Batman animated series episode. Yeah. And then like no other episodes for yeah. for a long time but it was just like you'd obsess about those one things that's a great episode though it's great it's, yeah, yeah. it actually turns out to be the first one i didn't even realize that like when you when i watch the dvds later yeah. in life it's the first one but well, i so yeah i maybe that made me get into it in a weird way where it yeah. was like if i'd been exposed to it tons as a kid it'd be like oh kind of old news right. but because like i was just grabbing like kind of any morsel um so at what point were you, did you really get into it then? Uh, it actually wasn't until, um, so like we'd watched the cartoons and stuff and then there was, a, I'm trying to think what year it would have been. Um, it would have been when I was 16. Okay. So I'm 28 now. So 12 years ago. Yeah, that makes sense. So 12 years ago, like, uh, like same brother who got me into stuff then, 
um, he was living in the city. I was still living in Wybridge. Um, and he had like just stumbled upon um, in like a regular, like a Kohl's bookstore. They, they do the, they're all, they actually don't print them anymore, but they used to do like the X-Men essentials where it's like the black and white books and it'd collect all of the X-Men. It was all the Claremont X-Men. So like the really like, like days of future past dark Phoenix saga, like all of the main stories um, from the very beginning in these like black and white essentials that ran for like, it's like 20 bucks and you got like 24 issues. Like they're crazy. So he grabbed those just out of being like, oh, I never like this is what I've been looking for my whole life to be able to read these stories that we would watch the cartoon of and stuff. Um, And at this point, uh, the first X-Men movie, the first two maybe had come out. So we'd like we had seen those. So like we're still into it, but like not there wasn't a way to really be into it. Yeah. So then um, he started reading those. And then when I would come down, I would still come down and stay with him a lot. And we'd hang out. And then he kind of like. I would went to like one comic book store, weirdly not the Silver Snail, but like another one. And then I think I grabbed uh, Dark Knight Returns, like the Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Another classic. Yeah. Also great cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I grabbed that just out of like, okay, well, maybe I'll like, I'll kind of try it out and just grab one book. Um, and I grabbed year one and the Sin Cities. Like went on like a big, I think a lot of people when they're a get back in, when they're older, it's like all Frank Miller stuff. Right. Which is, I mean... Like now, I have like mixed feelings about Frank Miller, but those stories are great. Like yeah. you can't. Uh, oh man, yeah. So, I mean, you can't argue with those. No, he has put out some questionable stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's like? What's? It was supposed to be a Batman story. It's um, um unholy uh, unholy terror or something. Like yeah, that? unholy terror. Oh my god! I, if you guys haven't checked that out, maybe just check it out, or maybe don't. Or don't. Yeah, like read the Wikipedia. It might maybe? spoil. It might spoil Frank Miller for yeah. you because he just seems like a ridiculous zealot. But yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so how do you go from reading these comics to yeah. then, you know, at the Silver Snail, one of the to me like the most iconic comic book yeah, store sure. in my life. Yeah, yeah. Right. How does that happen? So. So yeah, so basically I grabbed those few books and was like, oh, this will just be a thing. Like I won't be, I was actually gonna, or I went to film school, but at this point, every, that's where everything was kind of leading. Like I was applying to film school. Like I'm going to move to the city and go to film school. Yeah. And then, um, like Ryerson or something. I went to York. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then just like through coming down and hanging with him, it was like the March of that year silver snail does their like march break sale like we still do it right um so he was going so i went with him and that's kind of like it literally when i went in i was like oh my god because like the store was crazy like they had everything and also there was the sale so i just like i did what i hope all of our cut like i hope to do to customers all the time where i just like i'm just gonna grab like a stack of books and then it was kind of like that was the end of it then every time i would come down to the city which was most weekends because uh, there's nothing to do with Wybridge and me and my brother were really close. Yeah. So I'd come down, stay with him, and would just go there every weekend I could. And this was when it was still on, on Queen Street. When it was Street, on Queen Street, yeah. With all the crazy displays. Yeah, and, yeah like yeah. the crazy. And I've never, I never worked at the one on Queen Street. So okay. So there's kind of like a weird thing where I have two, I have like two stores in my head. Like that one is like pure nostalgia. Yeah. Like just like only the best memories because there was none of like actual work that has ever been done in the store, just right, only. Right. And I've only... uh I started working at the one on on Young and Dundas, and then eventually to the point where I'm one of the owners of the one on Young and Dundas. But yeah. but yeah, so it's like kind of a weird divide. So yeah, it was just going in, starting shopping there, and just like it was kind of instantly clicked. And part of it was the store being like, 
oh, like I feel really like welcome here. And yeah. also it's just, it's so like, it's so cool and the staff were so good. So that kind of became like just a, every time I would come down. And then once I moved here, then it became like a every Wednesday thing right. where I would obviously just go and grab new books. And it was it always comics for you because for a long time, in my mind anyway, it was the only place to go to get anything sort of nerd related, whether it be comic books or, you know, if you were a D and D guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole upstairs had like the D and D, the Warhammer, yeah, the Gundams, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Were you uh, were you ever into any of that stuff? Uh, mostly just comics, and then I like got into action figures. Not really the gaming stuff. Like came later. Yeah. Um, where I'm like into it to a certain degree, and now at this point, like kind of everything that's in the store to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but the gaming, uh. Like, not at that time. I think at that time, I was, like, just so focused specifically on comics and, like, the kind of big two, like, Marvel and DC. A lot of X-Men, because that's always... It was, yeah. like, that's always been my thing. Um, but, yeah, then, like, the figures come and then kind of everything develops where, you know, first you go and you're like, oh, I just like X-Men and Batman. And then right. you start realizing, like, who's drawing the books? And then you're just paying attention to that and, like, yeah. who's writing them? And then you follow that and all of a sudden you're, like, in totally different stuff you never even thought about, but... And so you were around for, or have been around for the whole craze. I mean, because at a point, yeah, it was very fringe culture. Yeah, like especially when you guys were first getting into it, reading those black and white collections and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like people were like fucking comic books. Yeah, get yeah. out of here. And yeah. now, you know, because of the MCU and all this yeah. other stuff, it's really thrust in the forefront. Yeah, it's it's part of mainstream culture. One hundred percent. How is it? How has it changed? Um, I mean, aside from the obvious, more people buying comics. But yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Um, I th it's weird because there's kind of like there's a a bunch of different things that have like that's changed a bunch of things in the comics. Some of it like really for the better. Yeah. Uh, and some of it like personally, I'm not so crazy about. Uh, the biggest thing is I think like obviously, like you said, tons more people are reading comics now. Yeah. Like w w there's no stigma around it like mm -hmm. at all. It's like. It, it like no one would bat an eye if you're talking about reading comics when at some point there definitely like was like yeah well, um now you can't go into a bookstore without seeing comics yeah exactly books. yeah and every, they have huge selections yeah exactly yeah yeah like even before it closed like hmv had like a graphic novel section yeah so they like that's like they never did anything like that so they're clearly and like even like hot topic they carry all the the comic stuff like in terms of uh like t-shirts and that kind of stuff yeah yeah um but the biggest thing with like more people reading it um and with like the upstart of like image comics yeah um, create your own content yeah so like the walking dead was kind of their big first really big one um and yeah like the creators actually own it um and a lot of good writers moving there and then just because so many people are coming into the store like or coming into any stores or, or buying digital comics and like there's a weird like if you're in the store you like on the like the new comic rack we just have uh, like all the titles beside each other. So there's like, like Batman's next to like whatever book is like a creator owned small book. Yeah. So those have gotten a lot more love and a lot of people come in and only read those. And some of like the best work in comics is being done in those. Oh, yeah, so that's, absolutely. And a lot of the writers who would make their big name kind of at Marvel in the mid 2000s have transitioned to only doing uh, in the like doing those books. And same with like the artists, like a lot of artists that used to sign like marvel uh, exclusive deals or dc exclusive deals will go there because they own the book with the writer yeah um so though i think like pe a lot of people coming in because of the movies yeah 
will then find those smaller books. And then because those smaller books can actually thrive and people can be like, wow, I can go make a comic about whatever I want and it'll actually sell and then I can own it. And then because all the comic movies are successful, people want to make other comic book movies, but if they don't own Marvel or DC or work with them, then they'll like green light. Like, I mean, it's like a show, but they do like the walking dead or they'll do like the preacher show or they'll do like any of the hundreds and gods. Although that's not really a comic, but comic writer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any of the hundreds of like comic book movies. And so now there's, people can write these comics and it's like, not only are they selling well, but also then they can get optioned and like change your life. What are some of your favorite smaller comics? I mean, for me, I really like black science. Yeah. Is a big one. And Oh, what is the other image comic? Oh, my brain is blanking, but it's about a world where scientists are like the new, uh, um, nowhere men. Yeah. 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 Love that. I've actually now, I haven't read that one. I have it. I've, I have a bad habit of collecting things and not reading them. I mean, it just started up again, sort of, it was on a huge high. Yeah. Cause, uh, Nate, Nate Bell, Belgrade, I think is his name. Bell, Belgard. I'm, I'm butchering it, but yeah, he was the original artist and he had like, uh, he had some issues. Yeah. yeah, So he had to opt like back off the book, which is kind of a bummer because when I first picked it up, like it, I love his art so much. Oh yeah. There's so much for that. And when the new issue started, I was like, oh wow. And I'd read, he wrote this whole essay kind of about his uh, mental health problems. Yeah. And so when I saw it back, I was like, oh, that's so good. Like, and then it wasn't his name on it, which was kind of disappointing, but I've heard it's still, it's still pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's still great. Yeah. Uh, Oh, also, uh. Why am I, I can't remember, but the names of anything anymore right yeah. now. But uh, the one where it's like the gods have come back. Oh, Wicked and Divine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great one as well. But what are some of your favorites? Uh, favorites, like smaller, like so not big two would probably yeah. be uh, East of West. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Nick Dragata and uh, uh, what's his and name? Jonathan Hickman. Hickman. I, that anything that? that guy does. Yeah. Nightly like, News, all that stuff is like. Yeah, yeah. Nightly News that. is great. Super dense, like plotting and. Yeah. Uh, I'm like social a, commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a few issues behind on that one, but that one is like I find it reads better if you kind of stack them up and burn through because yeah. otherwise you're jumping it's, around it's a lot of characters. Yeah. But I love him. I love Nick Dragada a lot. So that one, um, Monstrous, which is one that's going on right now. Oh, I that's read that, uh, yeah. Marjorie Liu and uh, Sana Takata. Yeah, and it's basically it's like a fantasy book, I guess. Um, but like I'm that's not normally my thing. Sure, but it's basically. Um, so again, it's very dense, so it's, I always feel like I have the worst like sales pitch for this one, even though as much as I like it, it's kind of like, uh, um, like there's this it's post-war, but there's this war between like these two races, and there's a kind of race that's stuck in the middle that they call like in the book they disparagingly call like half breeds, okay. who are uh, have been in like internment camps, um, and they're kind of harvested by the ruling class um, for. Uh, this like element that they possess that uh it like helps with like de-aging and all this stuff like they're kind uh-huh. of um but basically the this mixed breed are they're like half uh like kind of half human half creatures yeah but it follows this main character who has basically like a kaiju living inside her okay um she's she has like one of her arms amputated but then it'll like these huge like kind of tentacle like monster things well that's why it's called monsters will like will come out um, and it's basically like the old gods in this story are like kaijus. Like they'll see these like astral projections of like just giant looking like Godzilla and like Mothra type creatures right. um, that like used to be there. So it's this really kind of dense world, but it's just, it's just really good. The art's amazing. And it's like, it's, 
it's still pretty early in that like the the main plot line like it's she's trying to investigate like who killed her mom is kind of the, right. the main thing but there's just the world unfolds at such like a, a slow pace that you're kind of like they even draw maps in the back of the book sometimes and give you like an oral history of like explaining what the world is I but that one's that, that one's really really good uh this one's been on hiatus for a long time but uh southern bastards oh the jason yeah. and J- jason latour yeah almost like a, a more extreme uh, roadhouse or something yeah yeah yeah. like right. at first i was like i love jason aaron he did like a book scalped that's great he's done a lot of like yeah. good stuff at marvel um after the first arc though you're just like what yeah what and i was like okay so like southern bastards like it's about like football like a small town where the the coach of the small town football team like is like runs the organized crime yeah and like I don't really care about football, like I like basketball, but I don't like football is not my thing at all. So I was like, oh, can you really get into this? And just Latour's art is so good, and the writing's so good that like I all of a sudden cared so much about all the characters in it. Right. Plus Jason Latour's the I'm such a sucker for any comic book artist that will draw specific shoes on people. Yeah. Like like Esau in that book is constantly wearing different Jordans, but like specific models and specific colorways to match like his outfit. And like every, every time they show him, it's like a different shoe. Wow. And that's I like, didn't that, that put it over like really hard for me where I was just like, that's, that's like the, the next level artist for me are dudes who, who actually draw footwear properly. That's amazing. I also find that, uh, you know, going back to how comics have changed since, uh, I don't know, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, boom that's, for a, yeah, a, yeah. A, a better or lack of a better term is that they become more inclusive. Yeah, one hundred percent. So you see, you see comics like Rat Queens, which is like a fantasy, but it's all about about women, and it's not so much like skimpy armor or anything like that. Yeah. And then, of course, you have like uh, Miss Marvel or yeah. Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Kamala Khan. Yeah. 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 And uh, My- Miles Morales. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like things are moving in a in a in a positive direction. But you said that you also noticed some things that you, you know, yeah, I thought don't. changed for the for the. Yes. So I think some of it, um, and this is just personal, like I completely understand, uh, why this is happening, but like just from someone who's been like reading for a long time and I've, I've definitely heard this from other customers and stuff in terms of like the basically it's big with Marvel. Uh, DC actually doesn't do it to the same extent. Are you talking about the restarting? No, actually not that. That's like a whole other issue. And that drives people insane. I hate it. And you have no idea how crazy it is to try and order when it's like constant number ones and number ones don't mean anything anymore. Like you can't project any numbers because half the time people will be like, Oh great. And you sell out instantly. And then you're like, we should order more. And then some people are like, Oh, another number one, this means nothing. And like, you can't judge that until the book comes out. Cause if it actually feels like a number one, but basically them starting to include way more of like movie elements into the comics, which at first, apparently they, there was like a, I can't remember what podcast it was, but it was one with Jonathan Hickman talking about it. And it was when he was, at one point he was writing like all the Avengers comics and really kind of the main writer at Marvel. Like he shaped like Secret Wars, which was one of their big event comics. And kind of normally whoever does the event comics that like everyone, they kind of make their path and everyone has to follow suit so that it makes sense. Right. Um, But before he was doing that, he was doing Fantastic Four. And he said during that time, so that would have been like mid 2000s, like their movies were booming, but they weren't, to the level of what they are now yeah their mandate was like don't do anything like the movies like ignore the movies we're our own thing we they tell like they tell the stories they take them from us and they tell those stories we don't take those stories from them and then he said all of a sudden it like changed and it was like starting concluding stuff with the movies like make them it almost i mean 
I don't. I, I agree that that's frustrating, but I understand why. Oh, one hundred percent. Because now Marvel owns the films and exactly. the studio making the films, whereas before people were licensing. The exactly. Stories. Exactly. And I like. I will say that's clearly from the like comic book fan. Is that's my gripe, and I know other people have that gripe. Yeah. In terms of like someone who owns a retail store there's definitely times when you're like yeah i i totally i think in those ways too that makes sense right but i think in some quality when you're when someone's not writing like still the best comics and the things that will really hit and even if you look at sales numbers the things that sell the best yeah are just when someone has a or like the team like the artist and the writer have like a clear vision for the story and they're like this is a story i want to tell it happens to have captain america in it yeah and or it works for the x-men but like here's a clear story when a when a book is written the other way when it's like we want to get this audience and we want to get them from this so now write this story like you can always feel it and they just don't do as well and those are the ones that are constantly starting over and trying to get those hooks because they just don't have yeah like like the the real story that that's kind of like or someone's passionate about because now those people because i think there's more of a mandate of like you know in being kind of pushed a little bit into what to write well if you can just go to image comics and write that story there and arguably make more money because you actually own it Mm -hmm. like in the long run then why are why would you take your really good story and and write it on marvel because the other thing that's like an, a, a bit of an issue in the industry is just when it comes to actual ownership of characters. Sure. Like uh, like Jim Starlin, the uh, artist and writer who he like invented the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, all the like Infinity Stones, but he also invented like Gamora and Drax the Destroyer and Thanos was like his really big one. Yeah. And he was quoted as saying like he found out that Thanos was in Avengers when he watched Avengers and Thanos popped up. Yeah. And it's just like like... Like that dude, like in the seventies, made that character from like nothing. I mean, he ripped off like Darkseid and Metron from right. the New Gods, but yeah, he yeah. like full on will cop to that. But like he, this dude made this story, and it's like so personal when you read it. Like the Adam Warlock stuff and the Captain Marvel stuff, he's interested in like like amazing stories, and yeah. you can tell like th- at the time he was just like he's writing for Marvel Comics, and you just write new characters and you write stories. You're not like writing stories for this set of it's like now they always talk about like oh it's like toys in a sandbox and you go and you play with the toys and then you like leave the sandbox for someone else like then you were just like i'm like i'm making i'm just writing comics and marvel's my publisher not my universe that i'm creating to so it was it was more like images now exactly right which is weird so but now so like that's kind of been halted i think in terms of the creativity because why would you create a character like even like miss marvel like kamala khan who was definitely one of their breakout uh characters like gets tons of press book sells really well yeah Yeah. like that was created by sana amat who is uh she's not a writer she's um one of their i think she's one of the editors she works like actually in the office right because that's someone who it makes sense would would create a character because like you're actually up higher in the structure of the company Yeah, yeah but if you're a writer and you're like oh i have this great idea for this character I mean, it's, you have to be like, I mean, the few guys that do it, like Brian Michael Bendis, because he writes so many comics on Marvel, and I don't know if he has a different thing with his, like, deal or something, right. but he, he'll create characters, but, like, to go back, like, Jonathan Hickman talks very, 
I obviously like him a lot, but like he talks yeah. very openly about this. And he said, until the structure changes, no one's going to be stupid as much as he was to to create all these characters and give them away for free. Because mm-hmm. he was notorious during his Avengers run and his Fantastic Four run of just creating all this world stuff. And then he's not with the company anymore. And I think it's kind of like, oh, I, I, like I gave them all of that. Like yeah. I just gave them IP and now he's like i think he's doing fine at image and his books are great but like i think that kind of needs to be sorted out a little bit to get like pure yeah creativity back it's really tough because a lot of industries are actually that way i've got a buddy who works for um well it was industrial lights and magic i guess now it's disney yeah yeah but um and you know he was working on star wars and stuff but even anything that he sketches while he works there even on his own time yeah it belongs to them. Yeah, and they can't even sell it. Like uh, writer or artists that uh, um, draw like Marvel comics, like because Marvel owns this all the Star Wars stuff now. Right. Um, if they like draw a page of Darth Vader, yeah. Normally, those artists like if they're drawing Fantastic Four can sell all of those pages. Like, and they that's there's a whole kind of collecting market in that, yeah. and they sell them at cons, and it's like a second source of income for them and like is they can sell them for like a couple hundred bucks or like sometimes like thousands of dollars yeah, if like a cover the artist, yeah. but the 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 um uh all of the star wars stuff is like they it all is disney has first crack at all of it yeah and it's like it's really weird um because you're cutting off like that entire i mean there's there's that i don't know like page rates and stuff i don't pretend to know any of that but like yeah. that's clearly a whole other cash flow for for these artists and you've just like cut it off which is kind so, of disappointing a lot of people i mean we're all want, want walking around with cell phones and tablets and surfaces yeah and whatever other devices and i know like comiXology is a big thing yeah now. yeah and uh i think amazon or maybe yeah, i think it's amazon has like a has a unless comiXology is amazon i think but, amazon bought comiXology i think so they yeah. offer as part of their like you know, they have a Kindle service where you pay X amount a month and you get all these books and stuff. And now they're offering yeah. comic books and stuff. How does that affect the, you know, the brick and mortar business? Do you, do you see a, a change? In I those? mean, it's like, it's tough because in terms of like, actually when I started at the store, like I, I've only been there for uh four years now okay like not long and it's it was i've been one of the owners for about a year and a half right, so right. it was like a pretty quick transition from like working there to then becoming one of the owners yeah um so like some of the trends i can't pretend to be like oh i know i was there through all of this well do you read digitally no okay and i also last may during the i think it was last may was last may the beginning of rebirth or was that the year before it all kind of blurs together I can't keep the timeline straight. I think it was last May. Yeah, I, it was. It was because it was right after I took over. I'm like you. I collect stuff and it just sits there and then I read it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, Why yeah, didn't yeah. I read this before? So yeah, last May was the highest direct sales of comics like ever. Really? Yeah. Because wow. it was like one of the most successful months of all time in terms of like shipping comics. That's crazy. Um, and like, I don't know. I'm sure there was some days like, like back with like Spawn and the first X-Men, like where the numbers were maybe, but it was, it was like a, a, a peak in terms of the industry for yeah. specifically physical direct market. Well, there's no way it was better before because I mean, there maybe have been more diehard fans, but there hadn't been more readers. For yeah, sure. exactly. So I think, I think with like digital and stuff, um, so to, do you, like do you still see a trend in people wanting to own 100 percent, and that's what i was going to say i feel like a lot of people get in 
like digital is like dipping your toe in. Right. But for some reason, there's something like, I think it's just the nature of even the way comic books are marketed or the idea that they can appreciate and value, which are like a lot don't, but a right. lot, some do like, um, I mean, we just sold like the first issue of X-Men like last week for three grand. Whoa. So like, that's like a, yeah, yeah. like some, like some definitely do. And maybe it, I've also like, I can't remember who was talking about it, but it was on something. I don't even think they're specifically talking about comic books, but that with everything going digital, there's still like a drive for to like to sometimes own something tangible. Like, yeah. Yeah. So well, I, that's why records are still. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like that's the other big thing. Everyone was saying, Oh, digital music will kill the music industry. And now vinyl sales are up. It's like the same thing. Like, like years ago they were saying like, Oh, like physical comics, you're that won't be a thing anymore. Yeah. Cause it's so convenient. But I like, obviously everyone who shops at the store does not think that way. Yeah, and, yeah. and I like the sales numbers kind of worldwide. I think there's still a lot of people who will, will want to own it and even people who don't read monthly like floppy comics yeah. every month I've, a lot of people if they're like oh i got this story and i read it digitally like, still come in and just say it but they'll like still come in and buy the trade i was to, just gonna ask you like to you actually have the physical thing because i think it's just like I, I mean i don't read digitally because i just yeah. i find it like to flip back and forth like i yeah it doesn't it's frustrating sometimes it doesn't have that same feeling i feel like i'm really easily distracted if i'm reading there right and like i'm sure like my like nieces and nephews will not think that yeah like yeah. i probably if you never read like it, it, it the 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 death of it may just be pushed off a little bit like i don't know i sure I, hope not i don't but... think it will be i mean i so i read most of my comics digitally oh for real okay but i also own a ton yeah of, yeah, yeah. I'm, these days mainly trades i used to own issues yeah, yeah. but like for i'm the same way space wise and stuff it just doesn't make sense anymore yeah. and i don't really care about appreciating value no 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 but if yeah. you did obviously it would be issues but yeah um but i like trades for a couple of reasons one like you know if i'm going somewhere on vacation or like up to a cottage or something you know it's nice to ha not have devices so you can read them but also yeah. you can it's a lot easier to give to somebody and 100 like, hey yeah. read this comic yeah and tell me what you think or then whatever. here's 10 floppy comics that are following each other and they're in bags and boards yeah. like, a like that's but a like even it like it won't tr it doesn't translate digitally either to, to give some, like send someone a file yeah. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. but like once they have it they see it they can see the art they flip through the pages yeah right that <clears throat> they may be more inclined to read it yeah uh so about trades though do you find that uh people a lot of people are still buying single issues over trades um yeah our main we still sell more like our main revenue yeah. is still single issue comics but trades are like creeping up right. like it's i think very soon it'll be 50 50 and it's like getting close to there and part of it i think is just like every wednesday all the comics come out that come out for that week and we we order like there's a few publishers we don't order from or like we'll only order a couple of books but like we order like a pretty huge selection of of books yeah um so like we're constantly getting in pretty much as much as we can sell like that's the the goal right. but with trades i think it's just a matter of there's so there's so many of them just even keeping them like stocked yeah all the time and not selling out that that's like part of it but i will think there'll be a time when they're for us like in the very near future like i would say the next couple of years yeah if not even the next year they'll probably it'll start to be neck and neck i uh, would imagine because especially for a lot of people coming into comics or hearing about an arc they might not want to go and, and buy you know yeah the, the 10 issues 100 read that you know if, if you want to read Secret War or something, you just yeah, yeah. buy the Secret War trade. Or like, yeah. you know, if if someone's telling you about Invincible, yeah. and you're like, oh, I'd really like to read it, like, 
you know, there's, I don't know how many issues. Like 140 something, I think, is what they're at. Maybe more than that. Get the omnibuses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go from there. And then also with the single issue buying market, like, it's not like you could just go out and buy an invincible number one unless you want to drop like a hundred dollars on it. Right. Or like more. Like, 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 so yeah, I think, I think in terms of just like easiness and, there's something that's like, like it, it's not even respectable, but just more like, I don't know if when you have like a stack, like I got rid of all my single issues for the most part, besides issues I was currently reading, like yeah. series I was currently reading because it gets to a point where like they're everywhere. Like they take up so much space and you're just constantly organizing them. And like my, I, my apartment just looked like the store and it's like, you just have all these white boxes. Everywhere. Yeah. And like, I, this is crazy. Like I'm, I spend so much time at the store and it looks like that. And then I go home and it looks like that. It's like, no, I need to like purge. Like I, I like, I'm not the, the also, I think you're never going to go back and reread single issues. No. A lot of people I talk to don't even they'll either they're collecting them or they want to be so up to date and avoid spoilers. Yeah. But like, I think there's very few people, there definitely are people that do it, that like are going to sit down and have your stack of 24 issues and read that arc. Like that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, my favorite comic of all time probably is, yeah. is the Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. have all but a handful of the single issues just yeah. because I couldn't find some of them. But yeah, yeah. I definitely went on and, and bought all the all the collections so that I could so you know, actually I'm, read them. Yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah. not going to, yeah, you take it out of the package, you got to do yeah. all this stuff. But let's get, let's get, uh, really nerdy here for okay. a second uh, well one more question about the store actually yeah because yeah. i know that it's mostly comics and and you know comic related memorabilia yeah but most of the other comic stores in the city you know also go the collectible card game route mm-hmm. uh why why not at uh silver snail uh we like we do magic but you you don't do single cards do you yeah oh you do yeah Oh. We just don't. I guess we don't do it as well as some of the other ones. Well, it's just not. It's not it's, like in your face. Like yeah. Most of these other places, I walk in and people are trading. You know, magic or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even know what what people play. Yu Gi Oh or yeah. We just do magic. We 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 will sell uh like Pokemon cards. Pokemon. There that, you go. But we don't sell singles of that. We only do singles of of magic. Um, to be honest, it's just like that's a like we used to do it more at the old store for sure. Yeah. Um. It's like, a crazy market. Yeah, it's like, and but it's like such a whole other thing. Like, I, it almost seems like you gotta like be full on into that. Yeah, yeah, you need an expert for sure. Yeah, well, for yeah, definitely, and also just like the, you know, if you're going to kind of hunt for, like, opening packs and buying cards and stuff, like, that's that like that's like a full that's a, there's a lot of budget that has to go into that, and there's yeah. a lot of it's just kind of we we more do it like we'll like we'll sell single cards and we'll open kind of with every set so that we have like stuff open but yeah it's just in terms of like a focus we we just focus more on the books and then like gundams and warhammer are big game gaming things like kind of in the section i like the addition of the cafe by the way yeah yeah yeah. that's great that was my uh my business partner mark he uh owned um the black canary their yeah. other location uh, with his business partner, Luthi. And then when he bought into the store, he was, and they're doing a lo- new location, they opened one in there too, which is, yeah, it's like genius. Especially because the Ryerson's right next door. Right. And now they've opened that new student center. So we've kind of become like an unofficial like Ryerson cafe, which is amazing. That's awesome. Because the number of people that will come in, like there's customers that come in that only shop there and don't, don't even read comics. But like the idea that you're in a comic store is kind of cool. Yeah. But I've like personally know a bunch of them who have been like 
will do that for weeks right. and then all of a sudden it'll be like they'll either hear someone talking will be like well that looks kind of cool and then all of a sudden like they're buying comics yeah. like it's like a set piece from scott pilgrim or something yeah 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 exactly uh so do you ever have problems with people spilling stuff on comics uh yes <laughs> we like what the rule is like you're not allowed to have like uncovered drinks outside of the cafe some yeah. people like don't but it happens yeah it happens but it's actually not like as big of a problem as you would think yeah because you'd think that it'd be a little bit incongruous the 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 liquid beverages and the yeah yeah, yeah. paper comics and everything but yeah it's good i mean i love i love the idea of uh of a coffee shop in in a in a comic book store okay so let's let's ease into some nerdy stuff here what is your favorite comic movie i feel like that's something that most people can get behind um Kind of like two answers. Okay. Like, um, like dread a lot. Okay, like the the car- so like the American the raid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also there's like yeah that they were apparently in like production at like the same time, and there's like dread got released later. Like it's a big thing where it's like maybe they didn't rip them off at all. Right. But that's like I like that movie a lot. But that's kind of like the like hipster answer to be like i like dread though oh, i think it's incredible and what's his name i can't remember carl the... urban yeah yeah he's Love incredible yeah. yeah yeah it's so good like i think that's the one that i saw where i was just like oh wow like this is great and it's because it's like simple and it really like feel like i even when i saw that like i hadn't i don't even know if i'd read like maybe i'd read like one judge dread story but like i think i bought some and like flipped through them but hadn't and then British after that comics. i was just like i want to read the judge like and i've gone back and read a bunch of the old like uh john wagner uh and like all the original stuff and the uh specifically the judge anderson stuff which i actually like prefer because of arthur ranson doing the art his stuff is like incredible uh but that one's like that's definitely one of my favorites um and probably i think like the best crafted but like i think i have to like if i'm being honest throw like x2 even though it's X2. even though it's not like I I haven't watched that movie in like years, yeah. I'm kind of out of like it was the most comic book yeah like X Men movie and just at the time yeah. like when I saw it it was like even though they changed like the Wolverine origin to make it like Striker yeah. be, being the military guy instead of the priest which at the time I don't even think I'd read God Loves Man Kills so I didn't didn't get that but afterwards like those are all the things that after it but at the time like me and my brother saw it and it was just like oh that's amazing and like yeah. they did the nod to like dark, like they did the Dark Phoenix stuff and it was so yeah. like it so I think in terms of experience that one's definitely up there yeah yeah uh, I agree I mean you see Colossus as Colossus which yeah. is like they didn't really do that before. It was all costumes. Yeah, exactly. There's the w- weird things that I never get in the X-Men movies where they like just change things seemingly for no reason or introduce characters. Like, introduce characters to kill them off immediately. Yeah, yeah. Or, or mutants that never existed. And you like you have literally hundreds of mutants to miss. Like, like yeah. just, just throw me like throw me anything and just be like, oh, isn't that so cool? That's whoever. But instead they're like, no, we'll just make up our own. Like that's... Yeah. But I, I think in terms... If I'm just being honest, that's probably... That's one of the ones that... Like, I don't even know if I, I don't even, I can't remember the year that came out, but I probably, I don't know if I had started even reading the essentials at that point or it was right around that time, a little bit before. So just in terms of like being like, whoa, this is so much like the cartoon because we, my brother would watch it whenever we could. That's definitely one. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I like the Nolan Batmans a lot too. Like like Batman Begins is kind of whatever. At the time it was crazy. That was like a big, but then they, they, the Dark Knight though is like, and I'm like a I'm like a Dark Knight Rises like apologist too. I yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I'm 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 indifferent. I'm like I I'll watch it and it's still entertaining. Yeah, like, yeah. 
I'm just I, such a, a mark for Bane. I, I, just... I feel like I feel like uh, the Watchmen deserves honorable mentions only because the movie, the ending in the movie is actually better than the ending. Of that's the crazy, right? No, that's the cra- that's insane. I think that the total opposite. Like I I think I think the I liked that movie until the ending, and then what? I hated the ending so much. Wow. I, I, well, I I hate the idea. But the reasoning behind why they did what they did in the movie, yeah. Is so much more plausible than like, oh, it's just aliens. But see, <laughs> without spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess if, if no spoilers, well, I you can't can spoil it. Right. It's been up for like a yeah. hundred years. You can do spoil. Okay. Well, spoiler I, the, alert, guys. The, the, I, the, I think what frustrated me, and like this is like crazy. You said like we'll ease into nerdiness, and now we've just no, like yeah, let's go for gone it. torpedoed head first. Yeah, now's the time. Is like the idea on, in like the book is that like the whole world there was like this outside force that they had to rally well, against, they which was the against aliens. the universal threat. Which was the aliens. Yeah. But I just feel like the fact that like in, in, the, in, like the, movie? the, in, the, in the movie, it's yeah. Dr. Manhattan. They switch yeah. it because they make it simpler because I don't think they wanted to deal with like them building a giant weird spag- like yeah. squid monster. But I, I just feel like to me when I was watching it, I was like, man, if that really happened and all of a sudden they're like, oh, there's this nuclear man and he's the threat everyone's going to be like, no, but dude came from America. Like, I just feel like it's not, he's not this other. It's like, no, that's the American nuclear dude. Like, and I, I feel like it doesn't have the same weight because it's not an outward, like it's not a threat completely removed. Like it's still the American guy that was like the nuclear guy from America. Right. Like, I feel like they kind of missed the mark a little bit. That's I get like, it's more, but it, it, it's simpler. It also, <laughs> I think it fits with the story, like the, the, the bleakness of being a superhero because He's become so powerful. Yeah. And even though he's 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 like never done anything wrong for yeah. the most part. Yeah, yeah. Like he's in it for good, but he's just so powerful that like the possibility that he could one day yeah, yeah, do yeah. wrong is enough for people to be like, Well, we can't have this. Yeah. Because we can't stop him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Which is I that's interesting because most of the people I talk to are like, yeah, the ending was better. Oh, man. I like, yeah, I love. Uh, but apparently, they're, they're going to make a TV show. That's crazy. With uh, Damon Lindelof producing, who's the guy who did uh, The Leftovers and Lost. Oh, okay. So who knows? Yeah. It could be good. The, there was the ending I didn't like, and I don't like the sex scene because that sex scene in the comic is yeah. like my favorite thing. It's so good. It's so awkward and feels like Night Owl feels so like sad and just yeah. like. Like, it's, it's not. It's the least arousing thing, and you're just like, oh. But in the movie, it's like. It's like real, like me, like it's like a real sex scene, and I was like, oh, you missed. Yeah. He just he well, Zack Snyder that. The problem uh, is the movie. I think requires the reading of the comic book beforehand because yeah. so much subtlety. It, it's impossible to make it a movie. I, as a TV show, it makes sense because you have hours and hours. Yeah, and hours exactly. to Tell the story. Yeah. But there's so much subtlety lost, like all the all the Rorschach stuff where he. he well, I, we already said spoiler, yeah. but all, all the Rorschach stuff where you find out he's the guy like protesting. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just this crazy guy on the street. Yeah. You, you don't have that reveal really. No. In the movie and all this other. Anyway. And I also feel like the movie almost came out. I feel like someone tackled it too early into the comic movie like yeah. frenzy where it was kind of right in the middle. Yeah. Where... I think like when that comic came out, like they've been going on for a long time and it's like, whoa, I think you kind of to really nail it. I yeah. feel like people have to be almost a little tired of the movies. Like they have to be oh, like, yeah. like it has to be a point where you're like, oh, it's the same thing over. I get like, it. Now would be perfect. And and then you do Watchmen and it's like, because the, the lead up to it, you need to, you need to like know all of the beats yeah. and the, the Marvel movies uh, and 
some of the DC movies, I've I've kind of stayed away from a couple, but even some of the Marvel ones, I've stayed away from recently. Just yeah. in that they've really fallen into like patterns, mm-hmm. like in kind, of, which was really disappointing. Because at first, it didn't feel like that at all. Yeah. So I feel like you almost need to throw it down to like a line a little bit where then when it comes out, it's a reaction to all the movies instead of being like, well, cause that's why the comics good. Cause there's a reaction to all the comics and yeah. you have to have read a bunch of comics to really get it. Yeah. When, if, if, when you throw it pretty early on, you're like, this is the best comic book. Like, like my girlfriend watched it with me and I, I kind of knew the movie for me had failed when I like ended and I like looked at her and she was just like, Oh, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. And was and not and she, like she likes the movies, like she like loves the Batman movies, and she, it was just kind of like it didn't it didn't do its job in that way. Cause, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I've read the book, I have all this backstory People that makes sense. Aren't, weren't aren't like they're not yet feeling that superheroes are ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you need that. Yeah. Because it's about what the reality of being a superhero probably would be. Exactly. As opposed to just like saving the world. Yeah. The and you had like kick ass early around that same time too. Yeah. So people had like had already started diving into the ideas or like they're going to make the Batman movies, but make them really, really as if it's like, uh, like real life. Like he's going to make it like super realistic Batman movies. So all this stuff that Watchmen was doing and was so great as a comic had kind of like, it had already been the comic and it already influenced the first crop of movies. Yeah. So then when it pops up, it kind of feels like more of the same instead of what it is in the books. I wonder if I'll ever, ever brutalize Sandman. I, I don't know. <laughs> in movie form. I don't know. Um, okay. So, Let's let's dig one level deeper. What are some of your favorite story arcs? Story arcs, comic uh, wise. Um, we're past movies. We're now on a print media. Hmm. Let me think. Um, for like classic stuff, um, I mean, like I'm such a sucker for the entire Chris Claremont, like the Chris Claremont John Byrne X Men stuff, like the Dark Phoenix saga and all of that is incredible. Yeah. Um. I'm a really big sucker for the Claremont, um, the Mutant Massacre, like the, um, uh, the like the Outback X Men. It's okay. like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope I'm not getting that wrong, because there's the Mutant Massacre and there's Fall of the Mutants, and I always mix them up because they're very. Oh yeah, no, sorry, Mutant Massacre is like the first uh, Apocalypse, um, like introduction, mm-hmm. and is and that one's really great but the, the all the x-men stuff it's not even like really one story arc but it has to do with like the uh the reavers that showed up in like logan like those yeah. dudes they uh it's like they the x-men have to go to the outback and it's kind of this weird team where like jubilee joins that's kind of when she's introduced but like you have like Longshot and dazzler and and psylocke right um and like just that era of x-men so i just like, like love arcs. yeah i love so much those for like like older ones yeah uh for newer like mainstream arcs i'd say the it really just counts as one arc the jonathan hickman fantastic four run that he did I gotta read that. It's like insane. I, mean, I love Hickman, but I generally stay away from, uh, you know, Marvel and DC unless it's like something crazy. Like I think that was, yeah, that that may have been his best thing. Okay, I may, gotta check that. But out. But it's because it has the great thing of being confined. Like the fact that it's happening in a Fantastic Four comic makes right. it like better. Is because that, is that when Reed goes to evil, or is that before that? No, no, it's not that. Uh, that may be. I don't know what one that is. This this is the one where Reed has the uh he's basically going to solve everything and he he comes to this conclusion that he can make this like interdimensional machine. This is all really early on. Yeah. So it's not like spoilers, but it's like the beginning of the first issue ends with this. It's the first issue it's all in the first issue. Uh he makes this interdimensional machine and he's like if I connect 
with other Reed Richards. Oh, yeah, okay. And then when he gets there, they're like, finally. And he's the last one to figure it out. They've <laughs> yeah, all they've done that. And yeah. they've all been there for like years and like have just, they've just all defeated Galactus. And they're just like, you still have a, Gal-. like, like, it's just like crazy things. Like, you still have a Doom problem. You have a Galactus problem. Like, we've all worked together. Yeah. But that, and that, he wrote that for like three years. And it's basically one story for three years. Oh, you I think he's doing that. different arcs. And then by the end, you're like, Oh wow, that was the same story the entire time. That's amazing. That one's like incredible. I, there, there's, there's t- like the Gra- I'm like a huge, huge Grant Morrison fan and Frank yeah. Quitely. Like All Star Superman, I think is the oh best Superman God, story yeah. of all time. All Star Superman is, I, I would agree. I don't, I don't think anyone touches that in terms of just like, like layouts and paneling and storytelling Another and like Eisner Award winner. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was best limited series. Yeah. I think, but yeah, and it's just like it, it hit everything that's good about superman and then yeah. took everything that's ridiculous that had happened at some point and just were like no we're gonna include this all and it totally makes sense yeah i really like um i mean i read all the civil war comics yeah yeah, yeah. like all the tertiary all, ones all and like, stuff yeah, as yeah. well, which i i really enjoyed and when i heard they were making the movie i was super excited about it how'd you feel and, after that movie no yeah. i mean it's a great movie don't yeah. get me wrong great movie but like you don't need to call that civil war no really because like there's so much more that happens that what, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to let it go at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. House of M. Yeah. I liked the Yeah, lot. that's a great one. Ultimate. Uh, the original one? Yeah, the uh, the the story arc where Loki is like... Pe- people aren't sure whether um, whether Thor is actually Thor. is just some crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, that stuff's great. Love that. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of um, of American Gods. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The whole trickster, like, weird thing, but... Uh, yeah, okay, so if you guys haven't checked out those comics, I think that uh, we've given you a lot of movies and comics and stuff to to check out. Any parting words, anything you want the people to know before um, I let you go about the Silver Snail? You want to pump a sale or something? Uh, I guess it's, it's still, like, kind of early, but we'll have, like, the Moonlight Madness sale. We used to call it Midnight Madness. Okay. Uh, it's the Saturday of Fan Expo. So it's the Saturday, like the first Saturday of September, mm-hmm. uh, and that's like we we close the store and then we open back up from nine to midnight. Yeah, we changed it from being called Midnight Madness because people would show up at midnight and be really mad when they couldn't get in when it was closed. Yeah, but uh, and that's like our biggest sale of the year. Yeah, uh, so everyone should come to that, uh, and it's like the crazy discounts. And then, I mean, we have like our Halloween party in October. That's nice. like the next big thing. Uh, we do that every year. It's like an ins- the craziest costumes I've ever seen. Every year, I'm always surprised when like they just keep getting better and people still show up and like go all out for it. Yeah. But that one's at uh, 99 Sudbury this year, so we we moved it. Oh nice. Uh, so it's yeah, like in the West End. It used to be on the East End. So we're gonna try a different neighborhood. That's just south of Queen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you went to Taco Fest or uh, Brunch Fest, same same spot. Okay, so. Uh, if you guys are at Fan Expo, find the Silver Snail. I'm sure you guys yeah, will have we'll a be very there as large well. table. Very, yeah, 12 Come tables. say hi to me if uh, you know what I look like, or if you don't, too bad. Uh, thanks for thanks for sitting and chatting some nerdy stuff with me. Yeah, most definitely. Thanks a lot for having me. Okay, guys, music this week is brought to you by Peter. 
who sent me his band, Dogleg Dilemma. Who is Dog Di- Who is Dogleg Dilemma, you ask? Well, Dogleg Dilemma is an energetic, playful, hard-hitting electric jazz quartet that borrows from a wide variety of styles, including heavy metal, reggae, rock, funk, fusion, world music, and movie soundtracks. If you want to hear more, you can check them out at doglegdilemma.bandcamp.com. Here is a track off their album called Not This Time. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. (laughs) 